Praise be Jesus Christ. Amen. Slava Jesus Christi. Please be And Jesus, the Messiah, was the son of David. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. And this morning in Matins, we read the story of Naomi and her daughter-in-law. And uh, she came with Naomi back to her native land. And there she met her husband, Boaz. And of course, that started the line from David to the royal household. Although in the genealogy today, they started the line with Abraham, which is there's two genealogies, each starts at a different point. Because they wanted to say to us, by this genealogy, especially this morning, that Jesus was born of a great line of saints, very holy people who did the will of God. And of course, we are to follow their example. I enjoy the story of Ruth so very much because of the romance there because it shows the beginning of the great line of the Messiah and it's sort of a romantic story for the Christmas season. It's a wonderful story and we should take it to heart. On these days, as we prepare for Christmas next Sunday, I think about my own family and I think about your families, and uh, when I meet new couples, usually they come into the church, and when you get to know them, you ask how they met, how they came to be together. Well, I think those things are governed by divine providence, especially if they're patient in wait for a God-filled person to marry, faithful to our holy Catholic faith. And I've come across a few times some really funny stories about people getting engaged. So when I was a sophomore in college, I was in a Long Island Agricultural Technical Institute. I did two years there before I went to Michigan State University. I transferred. I was testing my feet to make sure I could do that kind of work. And I did fine. And uh, so anyway, uh, I met a lot of people there. And uh, a lot of people looking for 
someone to marry. So I had an acquaintance there, another college student, and he was pretty much uh, uh, set out to get this girl. Uh, he, he thought she was the one. So anyway, uh, she didn't like him at all. So anyway, he would go to his uh, her house where she lived with her mom and dad, and he'd sit on the lawn and sing songs to her on the uh, guitar, but he wasn't a lousy guitar player and he couldn't sing. So her mother said, can't you get rid of that guy out there sitting on the lawn? And uh, so she turned the hose on him. That did not deter him. He kept going to the house, sitting on the lawn and singing. So this went on for me, you know, a good while, three or four, five, six months. And so anyway, she, one day came, she went to the door and opened the screen door and she said, come on in. That was the beginning of their engagement and their marriage. Perseverance for the right one, huh? So that's just one funny story. My aunt and uncle, my Aunt Georgette and my Uncle John. Uh, they met and they were going together for a while in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, he was a military person, I guess. Anyway, uh, I remember when the war came, World War II, and carrying me on his shoulders, I was just a tight. And we're going to the station for him to go away on the train. And uh, everybody, all the women were crying. I couldn't figure out what they were crying about. I thought a war would be a great thing, but I was just a little thing. What did I know? Anyway, uh, the way they got together was 2 o'clock in the morning. And he starts banging on the door. And my and your my grandmother said to her, she says, That's Jack out there. You go on and send him away. So she goes to the door and he says, I have to talk to you. And she says, uh, well, she says, You have to, you know, he said, No, I gotta talk to you. Come on out here on the porch. They came out, and she went out on the porch, and she said, he says, well, if I can stand you wake the way you look at 2 o'clock in the morning, I guess I can stand you the rest of my life. Will you marry me? And they got married, too. Interesting. So anyway, then I've said stranger marriage than that. Not as happy as those two. But, uh, Older gentleman, he went over to Philippines and he married a Philippine girl, much his, much younger than himself. 
and so they came in for counseling. He was considerably older than her. I said, why'd you marry him? She said, I married him for his money. And I said, well, I said, what is that? He says, he says to me, he's not dying soon enough. He's spending the money. I says, well, you know, after all, it's his money, and if he wants to spend it, it's okay. It's not yours. And you didn't marry him for the best reason. So I said, maybe you stick it out for a while, you may get a few bucks from him, but I don't know. He may just spend it all. And I was him, I spend it. I ain't saying that. She's saying that, she's saying that right in front of him. So marriage and engagements and things like that are mysterious. I used to want to read the newspapers once in a while, just when I got too busy, I couldn't. I'd see these engagement pictures, and I'd try to figure out what these two people saw in each other. Of course, it didn't matter, it didn't matter to me, it just mattered to them. But in the case of St. Joseph and Our Lady, it was arranged by an angel. Interesting. And what was she like? She was, you can see the two very holy people, Joachim and Anna, just sat in his feast not too long ago. And she was conceived without sin. All the rest of us are conceived in sin with all the problems that comes with that. And uh, not only that, that when Joseph, the angels told him, be not afraid to take Mary as your wife. Pictures right around the wall. All the icons. So if the angel comes and tells you to do something, I guess you ought to do it. So anyway, he goes to the family, and you know the story I told you before. When Mary was old enough to leave the temple, because she was coming in her womanly way, she did not. And so the, the tribe sent men from their tribe to visit the um, priest in the temple wanted to marry her off. So anyway, they each had a staff and they put their staff on the altar and she was standing behind the altar. And then they, the priests blessed the staffs and they picked them up and the staff of Joseph bloomed. That's why I usually not, but his, his lily down there, that's his lily and that's his carpenter tools. Lots of times St. Joseph's picture, they have a lily. It's not for purity. Joseph had been a married man. He had a family, five children. But it was a sign in his staff room that he was the one. And therefore the betrothal took place. 
Our lesser lady was betrothed to Joseph. He's a steady man of good reputation and religious, and he took her home. When he got there, he found out about the angel Gabriel that with her, and she conceived a child. He says, being an honorable man, he did not put her away, because that what they would do is those, those ladies would be stoned. But he took care of her. And the angel came and said, do not be afraid. That's a very unusual engagement. At this time of year, there are wonderful movies that I like about Christmas. I cater to myself and watch them. I saw one the other day, though, talked about an angel. It wasn't, I don't imagine it's a historical story, but it's a beautiful story. So this little boy, you know, just a little guy, maybe 10 or 11, young man. And he was interested in angels. And so anyway, this is an unusual movie. Anyway, he wanted to see an angel. He said, so he asked people. So uh, nobody could tell him that they'd seen an angel. So he met this girl. Uh, she was a sad girl. And she was unhappy. But she was a good girl. And anyway, uh, <clears throat> he asked her if she knew anything about angels. She says, well, I don't. He said to her, well, why don't you look it up? She says, I will. Well, she got inquisitive about it. Then he went to a professor at like the university, and his secretary told him, you know, little guys like you, you don't get to see the professors. They are, they're busy. They're teaching in school, and they're in their office. He said, well, I have to see him. So he took him in there, and he asked him about the angel. He says, well, I really don't know much about angels. And this little boy, this boy, he liked to dance. He danced up and down the street almost. And this old professor liked to dance too. And uh, he had a daughter, born blind, but he got her a job at the university because she could read Braille and he taught her how to teach. So he became interested in this little boy. And this little boy came on back and he asked him a couple times. And so anyway, this went on a few times. I went to a priest, and the priest was in this church there, and he was sort of investments, and he asked the priest about the, the angel, and the priest was busy, you know, how priests are. And he says, well, he says, you know, there's lots of angels, and they're everywhere. But he didn't go on to explain to the boy about that anymore. He just told him that much. So finally he prayed to God to see an angel. And he had to take a journey. And he looked on the computer and found out where reference 
places where angels had appeared. And he's, he's going to take a journey to see these places. If he could see an angel. So, he got on the train. His brother got mixed, mixed up and he was older than him. His brother was just a young guy, maybe 12, you know, getting towards teenage years. His brother was 18 and didn't want to be bothered too much with him. Her mother was in the hospital dying. And so anyway, he saw an angel. He went to Birmingham in, on the train. They said there'd been an angel there, and he saw her. And she gave him a message. She says, everybody has a halo. And when her mother, if your mother finds her halo, she'll be well. Where am I going to get a halo from? Her mother. The angel says, the halo is inside of you. Of course, right away, I picked Mary up because I figured the light of God around your heart is your halo. It's got to be. So after that, to make a long story short, his mother immediately got well. And the, and they they had a dinner uh, in England. You have Christmas Day, then you have Boxing Day. So they eat on Christmas Day, and on Boxing Day they open their gifts. So it was Boxing Day. His professor had a dinner, inviting all these people who'd met this young boy. Interesting. And that young boy and his faith, it changed all of them. So I'll tell you something. Who was the angel? The little boy. Interesting. We live in a very mystical world. As we approach the birth of Christ, we see the angels and how they formed his parents and his life. And when he suffered, they came to him. And I believe what the priest said, angels are all around us. I'll tell you one more angel story about myself, because it's sort of amazing. I was uh, coming back from Seattle on the uh, flu in because the weather was bad. I couldn't drive because I had liturgy there every Sunday to start that mission. And I got to the airport, and there was a lady there. His name was Elena. She'd pick me up at the airport and take me out to the Spokane Valley. And... Uh, And then she'd drop me off, you know, and I'd be home. And I'd come in, I'd go there Sunday afternoon to Seattle. I'd come back on either Monday if I had some business to do in Seattle, I'd stay over a day. And uh, so she dropped me off. But we're driving down 90, uh, just right downtown Seattle. Right there you can see all the buildings, the cathedral, the churches and everything. And I had a little vision. 
We're getting off 90 about towards the way we're going to get back on the road to get to the church. And in my brain, I saw an accident. I saw a truck come. The cars go all over the world, a road, and they were going to bang into each other. Fortunately, they did not bang into each other. But I saw that, and I took it as a warning. I said, you better try and just pull over to the side of the road and sit here a bit. I said, something's going to happen. So we sat there, and just as I saw it, it happened. And she says to me, first of all, she was saying, why do you want me to, this is no place to park here on the side of this road. And I said, no, just do it. So she said, and then, and then she saw it. She said to me, Father, I said, well, I don't care what you ever tell me to do, I'm going to do it. I said, yeah, I saw that. I saw it coming. I think it was the work of an angel. I have been sick many times, going to death, and I've survived. I was in very difficult situa situ situations sometimes in the military, and I survived. I thank God for my angel. I thank God for those angels who watched over the Holy Family until the Christ Jesus was born. And I thank the angels that were in Jesus' life, even at his passion. And I thank God for making this house of God and dwelling in this house are angels, along with saints. This is the season of miracles and angels. It's the season of the birth of Jesus Christ, and he is called, in the spiritual books, the angel of great counsel which means he's the messenger of the great council on which we live one of our lives. Read the holy book. Pray to your angel. And you will have a beautiful, safe life. And you too will get messages. Don't doubt them. Listen to the interior voice. Because you too have a halo. It is the grace of God that surrounds your heart. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.